Hello and welcome to Flying High with Flutter. I'm your host, Alan Wyma, and today we have uh, Andrew Chung and Marco Ao. Is that how you say your name? Yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, from LegalX. So these guys are uh, working with Flutter in more of an enterprise-y kind of format. I'm not going to say too much because I would rather have them kind of introduce themselves. So why don't you guys go ahead? Whoever wants to speak first, please go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Andrew and I were both from LegalX. And uh, uh, maybe to give more like a background information about what we do at LegalX, we're basically like a, more like a productivity and office uh, management platform that's catered for professional sectors like legal, accounting, finance, firms. Yeah, so... We mainly do uh, document management and also project management, and we also introduce like like a bunch of um, cool features that we are used more used to in the tech industry, like uh, Kanban, uh, like smart um, task management or like event management, and we kind of introduce these new concepts to like more traditional sectors. So uh, to go along with our project management and document management, we also have a bunch of more, more supporting features like chat and uh, video calls and like uh, NLP search kind of uh, yeah a bunch of like tools to support these main pillars of functions so uh, maybe Andrew can also like talk a little bit more about like himself or what we do with the, at the tech team yeah so uh, uh, like Marco said we're, we're, we're basically a productivity tool for, for enterprise users people who may not be as technologically involved from a day-to-day -day perspective, especially in, in Hong Kong and China. Um, so we want to be involved with these people. We want to work with these people to help uh, better their office uh, or day-to-day -day office work and workflow. Um, for us, ju just to be be specific, uh, we, we use Flutter uh, for our mobile apps for cross-platform mobile apps on iOS and Android. Um, and uh, we, we have a web app as well and a desktop app, but we use uh, respectively uh, React and um, Electron for the desktop app. And, and we, we can definitely talk about why we didn't use Flutter for, for especially, especially the desktop app and, and why we, like what are the reasons that we went with that and why not. Yeah, that's super interesting because um, at least for us, like as this, in this uh, podcast, is that we want to give like a really a true answer about what people actually feel about Flutter, right? It's not just you know blowing smoke up people's rear ends and saying Flutter's the best, right? It, hmm, sure, nothing could be like a silver bullet for everything. So, with Flutter two point coming out, obviously, uh, you know. Flutter and, and the Google team and everybody else is kind of saying, okay, what's the point to to use anything else? Like you can use one code base to kind of do everything. Mm -hmm. I think you guys are definitely one of the few people out there who are like not doing that. And as far as I know, you don't have interest to actually change anything you're doing. And it seems like you're really strongly opinionated about that. And so I'd love to hear more about, you know, why don't you guys consider to even look at maybe using like the the website right because that's production ready as opposed to the the desktop app yeah uh i i, I could go in this a little bit more um so when we so we really started building our first production ready web app in 2019 roughly in um maybe first quarter second quarter of 2019 and we we built it with nextjs and react uh and i think towards the end of the summer that's when we were seriously considering okay uh in china people use their mobile phones uh quite quite heavily you know they rely on apps a lot more than a web app more than a browser and a desktop so the question was posed how what what do we what technology do we use to build um a mobile app a cross-platform mobile app because we're a startup and and we can't we couldn't really afford to have a dedicated team for for iOS and for Android, uh, so at that point we we evaluated uh, Flutter, we evaluated React Native um, primarily. Um, we basically excluded React Native because uh, the 
the few of us that had used it felt that it had some problems, primarily that upgrading between versions at that time was quite painful. And even though we were a React stack uh, technology, like JS stack um, team, we, we felt that it was, it was probably best to use Flutter. And at that time, Flutter, we, we had some hesitations too. And I think we shared this with Marco when he joined as well. Uh, we were like, uh, well, we, we went through this process of prototyping a React Native app and a Flutter app. Um, but ultimately, why, why did we land on Flutter? even though they had some risk at the time. In 2019, I mean, this is like close to two years ago, right? So Flutter by back then wasn't wasn't as popular as it was now. I mean, it's only a year and a half, but, but still things were not completely as popular as they were. So we felt that the trajectory, we felt that there was a trend that Flutter could be uh, uh, like a big player in the cross-platform mobile app scene. And, and I think... Um, We've been kind of on the money so far, uh, especially in in light of Flutter two. So so we said let's let's do it, and and the biggest thing which uh, we can definitely talk about more later is is that we felt that with Flutter we had ready made widgets that already looked presentable off the shelf. That's actually an interesting thing that you say that because when I look at Flutter I feel like it's a blank canvas and I have to create everything myself, but that actually is kind of more like a, I've been using Tailwind CSS a lot more recently. And I kind of feel like, although I had some blank campus, it's kind of like I have, it's more like a bunch of Legos, right? And I can just kind of assemble and I can build exactly what I want to build and I can build it as beautiful or as maybe useful as I feel. Um, but you're saying that you actually had components already ready to go. That's kind of the way you guys looked at it. Almost like a bootstrap library necessarily, right? Yeah. Like um, yeah, some feedback from yeah from our mobile devs is that uh, not necessarily about the styling, but basically as as we all know, like Flutter is based on its own canvas like approach. So um, unlike React Native, which we, which is essentially like porting like native components from uh, iOS and also Android, like from the phone's perspective, uh, iOS into the app which may uh, mean that sometimes uh, the look may not be that consistent across different platforms. So actually with uh, Flutter, it's uh, easier to maintain like a branded unified design across different platforms. That's the feedback we get from our developers. And yeah, the reason it's probably why, the reason why is that it's probably because it's like, yeah, it's starting from a blank canvas. It's not based on anything uh, native, at least on the UI side. Yeah, the styling, of course, like you do have to take into like the components themselves. Like I personally like play with Flutter on some of my personal side projects, and yeah, the the thing that I find myself spending the most time on learning is actually like getting familiarized with the long list of components, like when to use which. Like which components is the best suited for like specific purpose? Yeah, it it does take some time to learn, but overall, like the concept, the overall uh, architecture is pretty intuitive to me, actually. Yeah, I think even coming from a React background, things are quite similar, right? You have to kind of have the state going top down, and you do have like a one-way directional binding. And depending what kind of state management you guys use, there's also Flux or is it Flux? I think I can't remember what the heck it's called, but there's so many different things that you could do. Redux. I, yeah, Redux. Sorry, I forget. Yeah. It's all similar to me after a while. It's too many things in JavaScript. Yeah. So <laughs> they are definitely very similar. Uh, I think for React Native guys or people from a React background, Moving to Flutter and Dart is quite easy. They, they share very similar concepts. There's definitely differences you will have to learn. Uh, but overall, the fact that it's declarative, it's basically a tree, um, and uh, how you even manage state, where you put local state, even, even I would say the state management uh, discussions, like the topic of like, Oh, which state management approach? They're actually incredibly similar. Even talking to our our two mobile app 
developers, Henry and May, who, who've actually given us a lot of feedback for this for this podcast as well. And 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 they've basically shared that, yeah, there, there are definitely parallels you can see between them. Yeah, because I believe, Andrew, you're specifically mostly on the website, right? You're not really touching too much Flutter, right? Not anymore. Not, not recently, especially with the introduction of the desktop app, which Marco and I have spent uh, quite a bit of time since uh, since Christmas. Um, yeah. So, so we we definitely work more on the web app and on the desktop app now, which, as I said before, is Next.js and and Electron now. Um, earlier on, I definitely helped out a lot on on uh, on the on the Flutter mobile app, um, fixing things, adding tests, and and just adding small features or even uh, integrating things like uh, we integrated a tiny MCE uh, editor, um, rich text editor into our Flutter mobile app. Uh, so so here and there I helped out, but lately in the last couple of months, we've definitely been a little bit more hands-off and uh, the effort has been led by Henry and May, our, our two excellent mobile app developers. Actually, uh, sorry, I want to go back actually, because I think you talked a little bit about why you chose Flutter, right? So now having spent so much time in Flutter and kind of not using Flutter so much in terms of like, you know, uh, the other capabilities it has where you can build a desktop app, you can build a web app. Do you still feel like happy that you're using Flutter? And do you also find that because you have a strong web background that you can actually do Flutter quite well? Yeah, I think so. I think um, to the latter part of your question for sure. Yes. I think it is like React Native, it definitely helps ease people like me who don't have a background in native uh, mobile app development into this in, into this paradigm of development much easier and, and for sure it, it is definitely easier um, your for uh, the first part of the question do we are we happy with using flutter I think yes I think definitely uh, I think one of the things that we were quite keen on uh, with flutter is the what people call DX the developer experience of it as well. Um, React Native definitely suffered early on from this, and we were very wary of, of like saying like, "Hey, let, let's do it." And we speaking with the mobile app developers as well, and they have native experience. They felt that Flutter, especially on the mobile app, you would have potentially uh, better performance um, and better consistent design, uh, and and that definitely saves everyone a lot of time as well. What about you, Marco? Yeah, for for DX, I can add more. Like as like a pretty new person to Flutter, I found that like the plugins to, to popular IDEs like VS Code that pretty high high quality and um, definitely helps in like easing me into using Dart and also like getting familiarized with the components. Like the auto suggest um, features are usually working really well. So yeah, and Start, uh, from a React background, they definitely look similar. I mean, the whole structure. And also, like, another thing I've uh, experienced is that the deployment, the build and deployment process are uh, also pretty seamless. Like, the Flutter, Flutter provides a lot of these, like, uh, functionalities out of the box. And um, I tried, like, um, Android Studio, the, yeah, new versions, they do have really good Flutter support. And, uh, Thinking back to my experience with React Native, uh, yeah, it was definitely not that smooth sometimes when uh, you're compiling the actual mobile apps for yeah for, for deployment or for like submitting to app stores. Yeah, I, I could definitely agree. Uh, I just remember the few times I tried. I just I don't know what happened. The, the the one thing I do like about Flutter is it's very clear about kind of like where's the entry point for your code. You know, and also like things are a little bit more standard, I feel, although it's not really standard necessarily, but you can kind of follow your app structure like with with React Native. I it just kind of created code and like everybody had their own starter and so you didn't know which one to use. And then if you did use that one, maybe it's not going to be supported because it is still JavaScript and you don't know who's going to bend what what day. Uh, this is for me to, um, that, yeah. that that may be React itself as well because mm-hmm. React is more of a you know a view library a, a philosophy into 
managing the view more than it is being more than it being a framework. Whereas mm-hmm. Flutter, I guess, is a little bit more of a framework, uh, a way to build a mobile um, cross-platform applications themselves. You know, so so that is definitely a, a point for Flutter for sure. Uh, and and React in general suffers from this. That's why you have things like Next.js, which provides a little bit of a bit more structure to structuring. Yeah. yeah, which we like. Yeah, it's it's hard to say, right? Because there's benefits to being able to do what you want to do, but at the same time, I think you guys are also Rails uh, a Rails shop too, right? You're still using Rails for a lot of things, or at least Ruby, right? So there's also this kind of idea of conventional configuration, no? Yeah, on the back end, we use Ruby, not Rails, just just Ruby. Not, um, okay. Yeah, so so there's a little bit of. I mean, when when whenever you work in a team, um, I think having some kind of uh, rules that everyone follows along is, is probably a little bit easier when you onboard new people, uh, and that's that's kind of the thing with Rails, right? Like, you know, you onboard new people, they know what what's going on, they know where things go, they know how to name things. Um, and, and you don't really need to provide too much guidance or be too wary of this stuff. Uh, if it's a personal project, do whatever you want. But when you start doing a team effort, you know, you kind of want to lay down some of these things. So opinionated uh, structure is probably best. And, and I guess Flutter, Excel, Flutter excels in this aspect uh, over React Native. I did actually want to go back to uh... Again, uh, go back to talking about the decision process around using Flutter, right? Because you still get the same thing nowadays. And I'm sure this was also kind of brought up. It was like why, you know, I, I heard reasons about why not React Native, right? Uh, still going back to just using a the native SDK. I mean, that could obviously be a very safe choice. Um, you know, why why Flutter and with it being a Google product, right? There's always this kind of question of, can it actually be abandoned, right? I'm sure this kind of brought up us quite a few times. And also it's, we're in Hong Kong, right? So you guys are in Hong Kong also, of course am I. And uh, people are not really using Flutter out here compared to other things like React Native or the native SDK. So, I mean, then there's this a talent pool kind of gap, right? Like it seems there's a lot of things stacked against Flutter. Like how did you guys, you know, finally say, okay, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, even with all these drawbacks, we're still happy with this kind of choice. We're still going to even go forward, right? This is even before you guys are like, okay, we're pretty happy. We've been here for a while. Now the question is, what was kind of the deciding factors that really pushed you guys back past that, that those problems? Hmm. Uh, regarding why not native or why flutter over native? I, I think that, is definitely primarily a cost issue. Uh, early on, you could definitely um, probably be more productive with uh, one or two developers working on this cross-platform mobile app scaffolding things so out. Having it immediately available on iOS and Android with minimal, you know, differences. For sure, I I I, I don't see a strong argument for going native in that regard we're, we're still an early stage startup we yeah and have the product fun. itself like is uh pretty straightforward using like proven technologies um, like proven features that people have uh, been able to build with different frameworks we're not like building games on, on phones or anything really yeah. low level so we figured that like um yeah um like a free a framework that provides enough functionality should be for most people it should should be fine enough for us and for like hiring, like uh, we definitely considered that, but uh, after trying it ourselves, as like uh, web more 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 like uh, specialists on the website and like our, our own ease of uh, diving into the code or learning further, yeah, we found that like okay, so it's actually not too difficult for like a no a normal web developer to learn further and learn the Dart language. So yeah, definitely like uh, the concern were like ease a little bit after trying it out ourselves. And compared to React Native, at least I think the like learning cost is not that dramatically different for web web devs. So like 
potentially we can convert some like some of our web developers to work on the mobile side too. That's that's a good point. Yeah. I I also regarding the hiring aspect, um, I guess yeah, Hong Kong is definitely maybe not so you know like on the forefront of this stuff. But I I didn't think it was as bad as I thought it would be. Um, the the mobile uh, app developers that we met and spoke to, um, they may not have had professional experience with Flutter, but they they were definitely eager to try and learn or have already played around with it in their own time. So it, it was kind of like we had the sense that like, okay, like it's not just something that um, people kind of like pass over. It was a legitimate option. And there were um, rumblings of, of rumors or, or talk on, you know, like online forums and stuff where like, I think like at that time, we're, someone was saying like, oh, BMW is starting to adopt Flutter. Um, there were these things that gave it a little bit more support and we, we, we were like emboldened by this fact. Okay. I mean, it sounds like the, I, I was actually kind of looking to see if there's actually something that really brought kind of Flutter, like, okay, this is for sure because of these reasons, but it sounds like just the pretty much the same consistent reasons I always hear is like, you know, easy to use, the developer experience is good. Uh, we could do, you know, so many things like all these very common things that I, I'm surprised that that was kind of enough for you guys to, to say, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Uh, even with the, some of the, some kind of things that people, and a lot of people, they, they look to see, okay, we want to use this tech, but let's see who's around us, who can use it. And if it's too small, then they just kind of give up. So I'm pretty surprised you guys said, okay, even with that, we're still pretty confident. So that's, that's pretty bold move, I think for somebody, you know, startup even. Because with startups, right, especially in Hong Kong, at least I feel like not a lot many people really want to be in a startup, right? They want to have a nice cushy job and, uh, you know, everything else. So it's it's good to hear about that. Um, so I think the, the next question is like, have you guys ever, I think both of you guys have actually both worked in startups before, or am I, or am I wrong in terms of? Correct. Uh, we, we both yeah, have, right. yeah, startup experience working at or, or more early stage startup. Yeah. So I think having that kind of also, having that background also kind of puts you guys in an interesting place where you're like, okay, uh, you know, using technology is a little bit bleeding edge, you know, it's, it's totally fine. But now you have a totally different kind of customer, right? Because your, your clients are really what I would call enterprise or more established kind of clients, right? So how, how does the situation change when you're developing apps now? Um, we definitely, yeah, it's a different, different change because I, I believe even with, Mar uh, with Marco as well, we were more, uh, in startups that were perhaps targeting our end users were more customers themselves rather than enterprises and then their employees, uh, using our application by extension. Um, so, so definitely from a professional point of view, uh, you wanted your 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 UI and and your UX to be kind of tight. You know, it, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It should it should portray or at least make people feel like you know it's like a professional tool. You know, it's not just an application; it's a tool. Um, so there's that aspect. Um, certain things we discovered along the way as well, uh, or talking to mobile app developers. A little bit after the fact definitely as marco talked about earlier there's the branded design aspect right we, we could have definitely used like more native widgets or made things look really uh native but um if you want kind of a consistent experience across your platform well if you do native then you now have the problem of making your ios application and your android application look the same uh, mm. and that does not you know that you that put you it requires a lot of effort uh depending on what what's happening and with flutter you pretty much it's are like guaranteed it comes to have free, the same basically UI. and maybe it's a downside for some companies but it's a plus for us so yeah, in terms of like enterprise uh product i would say like uh there are a few things that that are quite different from developing products for like more like a b2c or like uh, other startups or the tech industry. So uh, we're actually like more, definitely more cautious with uh, 
releases and moving forward quickly. So we do test our stuff pretty seriously before releasing because uh, the, cus- the customers, basically law firms, like storing all their documents on, on our drive, right? So we can't afford to like mess up their data or make it like not accessible for extended period of time. So we, yeah, we do aim for a high test coverage and like good quality, like plenty of UAT before releasing. And also gathering user feedback can be kind of tricky because like unlike uh, some of the more B2C products, we can directly talk to the user themselves. So for, for these like enterprise customers, lawyers, they are usually busy all day and we usually don't have direct access to the end user because we're selling to the decision maker and then the decision maker like uh, like pushes the product to, to the whole department and those, those end users, we it can be tricky to get direct access and get that direct feedback from them and we try really hard on like uh, understanding them a bit more. So, so how do you actually get feedback? Because I can imagine that things are very much top down, like you said, where the guy just says, okay, we're using this and that's it. And these people, they have to use it. And of course, I think we've all worked in companies where we had to use something that we didn't want to use it. And it could be that the experience is so bad, but you have no choice, right? And because you have to use it, you're not going to complain to that company directly, unless you're really pissed off, which I don't know if I've ever been there, but maybe. Uh, like how, like I would love to hear more about this kind of stuff, right? Can you give any kind of insight to us? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we um, well we. Two of our co-founders are uh, belong to this industry themselves. You know, like one's a lawyer, one's a former banker, uh, and and they both provide invalu- valuable insight. But we try and also have point of contacts with our customers, so uh, basically liaisons that are not necessarily the decision maker themselves, but are more day to day, and and they do provide feedback. Um, on how their colleagues or peers and peers are using the application, what's not working, and, and what's completely, uh, you know, like broken, for example. Yeah. Has there ever been some really surprising feedback? Well, they do some, have sometimes you think something's uh, running okay, and then all of a sudden you find out that actually it's been down all day. Well, they do have uncover a lot of edge cases or like things that we have overlooked, like uh, some specific. For example, some like user flows that results in like a file being duplicated five hundred times because of like some less than ideal like product design. Not necessarily that bug, but it like like non ideal product design. Like that has that has happened before and yeah. By observing how they actually use it, we can also get a lot of feedback. And um we're also in the progress of uh yeah, introducing some like user tracking tools to like get some more like quantitative data on how they use the app. So for example, we see that one page is, uh, the first step is open a lot, but the second step is like maybe less than 10% of the first, of all the clicks on the first step. We know that something is, something is either wrong with that flow, something is blocking the user from proceeding or something is really unappealing so that they, they have just dropped that feature like something like that. Um, I think that could help a lot when we may not necessarily have the direct access to talk to the end users. Yeah, there, there's definitely been surprising feedback. Um, so, sometimes it's not even, you know, them telling us directly. It's just in the process we find out, oh, that's how they want to use use this application. Uh, so like, uh, one aspect of our of our of our application is is document management. So we kind of have this um, in like a version control system for documents for lay people. You know, like it's basically Git for lawyers. Um, you you start a contract and maybe add a clause that's uh, version one, and and maybe the customer doesn't like the clause, remove it. So that's version two. So you basically have a breadcrumb of your documents evolving until you're happy. Maybe version seven is is the final final form of this contract. Well, we discovered that we, we thought this would be you know more for like um, 
working documents, documents you're using on a day-to-day basis. But we found out that, you know, like uh, with, with some of the customers, um, they actually also treat it as kind of an archive too. So they have like these huge folders, um, just massive folders and that they don't necessarily use uh, on a day-to-day basis. It's really for archive purposes. And, and in that regard, like some of these things surprise us basically. How about, uh, I'm actually kind of curious about these enterprise customers, right? I th- when I think about back when I was working in a bank, right? You always have to be on the network and, and a VPN and all this kind of stuff. And and actually what we found out is that this, that the software we were building was actually for the, like, the C-level people in the company. And those kind of people are the ones that always have to be out in the go, right? So the guys that they say their feet never touch the ground. I was kind of curious about like, you know, how like how useful has Flutter been for the people that you have to serve, right? Because for me, I think that to get to write down a contract, you have to be sitting at a desk with a keyboard. I can't imagine myself on my train to work and I'm just punching stuff in on my small little iPhone. Like, is is are is your customers actually really using the mobile app a lot? Like, has it really been a key success factor for you guys, or is it just like a bonus offering? How useful has Flutter actually been for you guys? Well, from what I've been hearing, it's definitely like more than more than bonus. So these people, they're on the road a lot. Sometimes they're waiting at the airport and they want to take a look at some of the documents before maybe like an important meeting. And that really helped. But the behavior on the phone is slightly different from, from on desktop or web. So phone is more like view focus while you do the editing on, on, the, on, the, on the desktop. So... They may like look at a document and give a quick comment, look at the task and give a quick instruction to maybe some colleagues at the office to help them maybe finish this document before end of day, something something like that. Like um, viewing and prioritizing tasks, but not necessarily creating like uh, like content on, on the go. More like viewing, yeah. But that's I think, uh, important to, to follow up on. Yeah. I think to follow up on what Marco said, uh, one aspect I, I think we're we're also sensing is that we are we we are still learning what the habits are with the mobile app users as well because um, we're we're seeing that like especially in China it's a very critical factor you know like uh, we we've we've talked to lawyers in China professionals in China and we've learned the degree with which they rely on their their smartphones uh which which is far beyond what hong kong people are used to you know like if i go into the office and in the lift ride i'm looking on my phone but by the time i sit down i'm pulling out my laptop right it it's not necessarily the case in china where they may sit down and they're still using a smartphone and may have it may, may actually have a smartphone stand and a keyboard to 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 connect with it and start using that so uh, we we actually got to fine tune our experience a little bit on on the mobile app, and I think Flutter does give us the edge in this regard too to make quick changes across both OSs. That's quite interesting, right? So from my experience, I mean, China is very heavily focused on WeChat, right? So I can imagine they're asking you guys to somehow integrate with WeChat, maybe pull conversations in, right? Because these are lawyers. So like, can you go more into the habits of mainland people because they're, I mean, they're, they're quite unique, I think, in how they, you know, do their daily work. Uh, I just remember like when I'm working in the bank again, we had like, you know, China market and ROW basically rest of world. And so it seems like they always do their own thing. So how has the experience been and, and kind of like, what's their habits? Well, they do rely on WeChat for a lot of stuff that I think the developers of the designers of WeChat didn't intend to be happening. So they're using it as like a document management system in some ways, project management systems, like they have massive groups of for teams that, that are over like 200 people and they have a massive WeChat group for that. And they actually use it to disseminate data and uh, make announcements and actually have like long discussions for project items. They, they carry all this work in WeChat and they send doc and receive documents and store a lot of them there. But actually a lot of uh, such usage in my opinion may not be like the most optimal. Like they may not 
actually be using the most optimal tool for, for the for the task on hand. So in addition to like uh, integrating with WeChat, we also in some sense offering them like an alternative for for some like tasks like storing the documents more, more properly in a more like a version way and like organize your projects a little bit better so that you don't take as much time scrolling through the WeChat contact list to, to find the information. Yeah, in some sense, we are trying to like uh, influence the behavior to, to help like boost their productivity. Yeah. I'm personally, uh, I basically agree with what Marco was saying, like that that's our goal, but I'm personally, uh, it's hard for me to say what the habits of mainland Chinese users are. I, whatever I say, I feel like it could be wrong as well. The, the country is big and I do feel that paradigms and patterns you see on Chinese like websites, web apps and, and apps themselves are shifting a little bit as we speak um, from what they used to be like and what they are. I feel like you see that with, for example, websites, whereas before like Maybe if you you went to some of these Chinese websites, there were a little bit more like Yahoo back in the day, where there's a little bit of everything, you know, on the landing page. Now, uh, aesthetically speaking, uh, they may have become a little bit more Western-like. It's a little bit more clean, a little bit more attention to design. So, so I, I'm unsure. Uh, I'm, I'm unsure about habits in China as well in this regard. I feel like it could be generational it could be you know like just changing and it's how you shape it so so i'm i'm not sure how to even answer that accurately uh kind of going back to to your enterprise clients right have they ever asked you about you know how safe is your mobile app or, or have, like i guess my main question is like have you actually told anybody that you're using flutter and then have they actually expressed any you know awareness and say oh i'm a little bit worried about that you know, I, I don't know how this is kind of a new technology. Is it safe? Right? As opposed to if you came in and said, yeah, we built our stuff native using the SDKs from Apple or Google. I'm sure you have to have some talk with their CISO, right? With their their, their chief's, uh, chief security officer. Hmm. I am trying to recall like such an instance. Because, yeah, I don't think uh, we ever had a potential client or client like asking which specific framework do we use for mobile phone. They do, they do ask us like, what do we do to, what measures do we take to like, uh, we enforce our systems or we enforce the data storage to make it secure. And, uh, but I don't think they, yeah, they've asked specifically about the, 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 the app, the framework we use for the app itself. Yeah. More, the questions have been more centered on how are you storing your things? Are there, are your, are the documents encrypted? Uh, where where are the servers? Where 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 is the database located? It's it's been less about you know the clients themselves. Um, what I mean is like the front end clients themselves. Um, what framework was it built and, and all that stuff? Okay, um, that's good to hear. And what I like to talk about with you guys actually is you know like I said you're guys one of the few people who are really anti using Flutter for web. And desktop, and that's not. I don't think it's necessarily like you don't like Flutter, but I think it's just maybe it doesn't fit for your case. Or am I wrong? Or no, you're We're right. Anti-Flutter <laughs> web. We're not anti-Flutter. <laughs> okay. I like Flutter. I think Flutter. I don't is have any personal good, like yeah, thing against it's it. It's good. <laughs> so. yeah, well, but I mean, go ahead. I have strong opinions on this, though, for sure. Uh, and like, please we, let we us definitely know. talk about this a little bit. Uh, so uh, we, we also had a, you know, like internal talk with like our mobile app developers, uh, about this. And I think ultimately we agree that Flutter web is too early. It's too early to, to make anything production in Flutter web for various reasons. Uh, and especially if your if your application has some concerns, number one concern is SEO, um, there are definitely issues with navigation in, in a kind of like URL context, a, a browser context. Um, uh, what Whatever you render basically in a, fl a Flutter web application is in a canvas, if I recall correctly. And, and basically 
if you go to any of the Flutter web demos, you open up your, your Chrome browser, inspect the elements, you'll see a giant canvas in the middle. And there's there's problems with there will be problems with crawling. So if your if your application is any at all or your website is at all SEO concerned, there will definitely be questions about that. Another one that leads because of this is accessibility. Uh, I don't know how well screen readers and all that stuff uh, play with Flutter uh, applications on the web. I don't think very well, but I would definitely have concerns about this. Uh, and lastly, um, we we felt that Flutter web um, could have some uses. Uh, some some of our colleagues have voiced that maybe you could use it as part of your application, like a section of your application or your web app or your website might have something a little bit more interactive. You could embed it in that section of your app and, and that would be a legitimate use case. But I think for the aforementioned reasons, it's way too early and uh, I would definitely not consider beyond a personal personal choice, you know, for a personal project. Yeah, I mean, like uh, practically speaking, that yeah, the hurdles would be there to, to convince people to move from more tra- traditional HTML, JS based technologies to to Flutter, right? Because yeah, you have like an ecosystem that that has been developing for like twenty years, and um, moving to Flutter would would mean that yeah, a lot of that experience would would not necessarily translate to to Flutter web, and uh, also yeah, man, most of the companies they have existing web apps web apps built in JS, maybe React or some other frameworks, and uh, to yeah, migrate it to like a pretty alien language and framework yeah would require a lot of convincing and would require a really strong reason which probably yeah doesn't exist for most companies yet for greenfield projects uh, experimental projects i yeah i could see that becoming more of an option yeah um i think definitely cross-platform mobile applications right now number one if you need a cross-platform mobile application you need a fast you need them to look sharp professional easily uh and consistent you care about performance uh maybe not like a game for example but you know like smooth animations um that kind of performance to that degree i would pick flutter and speaking to the mobile app developers they would too and and both of our mobile app developers come from a native uh mobile app development background they, they would agree that basically yeah um you wouldn't go wrong choosing Flutter. The experience has been good. Um, you can drop the native easily, uh, and and the ecosystem is is improving as we speak. Uh, it's definitely improved over since we first adopted Flutter. There are a little bit more things. Uh, there are definitely still some problems, but overall, it's been a good experience talking to um, other people and our developers as well uh, with using Flutter. Um, I think with the announcement of Flutter 2 and continued support and, you know, seeing that the ecosystem is growing more and more, uh, if Flutter desktop takes off even more, then then even stronger reason to, to you know, adopt Flutter on, on desktop. Um, say you need a cross-platform uh, desktop application, then, then, yeah, look no further. Maybe Flutter is the answer. But Flutter would never be the answer for you guys' desktop app. Just curious, since you guys are investing uh... in that one. Not right it now, was, maybe. It was like a purely like pragmatic decision, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, we have to reuse a lot of the components, UIs from, from the web app. So we yeah. We decided that okay, we don't want to rewrite everything again just to make just have two different sets of uh, UI components in different languages. Now we like pretty much can share a lot of uh React components across web and desktop. But I could imagine that if you have like a more uh, appy like mobile app looking app that you want to port to like a desktop environment flutter could be really useful definitely was a very shrewd and pragmatic decision for us regarding the desktop app we as you know alan uh we've definitely looked at flutter as an option uh for a while but um like marco said sharing of code uh sharing of UI components 
was was a big factor, and it already we've already seen the benefits of this because uh, when we start building the desktop app, we we had a good look at designing the the document management uh, views and and the design that we implemented on this greenfield desktop application. We basically start porting back over to the web app, which which was on kind of a legacy design, and and all it all it took was just sharing these components that we that we wrote yeah. basically uh, e- putting aside even the ui we were talking about an sdk for our api uh we we, c- we could share that as well so okay it's definitely interesting uh i do want to bring up uh one of the most controversial questions in flutter if you guys actually know what this question is which is uh what do you use for state management <laughs> uh we, we use provider currently in, oh. our, in our application just provider uh we don't use Block. We don't use Redux right now in our application, our Flutter application. We 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 had a long talk about this too today. It's quite an interesting topic. It's a very that's why I said it's one of the most controversial topics I think in all of Flutter. And Flutter is a very non-controversial framework in my honest opinion. So what 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 was the discussions you guys had? I mean, that sounds very interesting to hear, right? So you got these two mobile developers. You guys are kind of coming in as outside people. Was there any kind of fighting between the two or, or was everybody just kind of amicably talking or how was the conversation like? What were you guys talking about? Oh, it was very pleasant. I, I think we actually kind of all sensed, we were all very practical and pragmatic. So it wasn't like no one was a purist, you know, about like, oh, it must be block. It must be provider. Like Redux is useless. No, it was none of that. It was actually very informative. It was a really fruitful discussion. And actually, I would say state management itself is complex in general, right? Like it, it is a complex topic anywhere you go. Uh, it's why even frameworks exist in, in, in some cases. It, like part of the reason why frameworks exist is, is state management. And uh, we ultimately kind of like talked about, uh, okay, what, what, what were the parallels? And we see parallels between Flutter and React in terms of state management. Uh, one aspect is like, for example, provider um, and and context in React. They they kind of share similarities where you basically manage you you're responsible for providing the way you manage your your models, so to speak, right? With with React, it's even less hands off. You could pass it could just be a primitive value, or it could be an object with methods that change the uh, the properties of that object that you pass in. Uh, whereas in, in provider and flutter, you, you kind of provide kind of like a model and then you, you pass it down as well. So they're, they're similar in that regard. And then we talked a little bit beyond that, which is what about block? What about Redux? Uh, uh, how do they fit? And in general, we, we still see value in, in these approaches as well. Okay. So you guys are mostly using provider. That's quite interesting. Um, I know that's the one that flutter, I believe they kind of push. Uh, I think you guys are the first people I actually know that is using Flutter, uh, sorry, that using Provider, actually, which is kind of interesting. Seems a lot of people are actually moving more towards RiverPod. Okay. Interesting. Doesn't mean it's wrong. I think everybody has their own style, right? I mean, do you use your right hand or your left hand? It's kind of (laughs) like whatever works best for you. So Even in React, yeah. When to use providers, when to use Redux, like, it's really, like, case, case by case. Yeah. So... Some people are really opinionated about putting everything into Redux. Yeah, I remember there, there was even like a library, Redux form. They even put the form states in Redux. That's like, yeah. But um, different people have different ways of doing it. So we, in our own React app, we're using like Redux for some like more global states. And we, we also use a provider for some like section specific or page specific stuff. So, yeah, we just use whatever tools that fit best for the purpose. Yeah. Speaking to our mobile app developers in with, with with regards to Flutter, I think they have expressed that provider is just simpler to set up. Uh, it's it, like in the beginning, just use provider. I guess it's more uh, Yagni principle type of situation. Like you aren't going to need it. Just go with provider for now. Worry about that later. Um, but you do potentially run into kind of a situation where um, 
one of the one of the approaches um, our uh, mobile app team started off with is that they modeled their provider um, models uh, kind of by domain rather than specific screens and stuff. So you had something like maybe user user provider and like a chat message provider or something or a project related provider. And as your feature set grows, those providers and what they do and when they notify, all these things become more complex. And so you may have widgets kind of like listening to these big providers. And whenever they notify listeners, um, you might run into issues where, oh no, it's it's really kind of triggering too many re-renders. Uh, so that was one of the things that one of the mobile app developers, uh, Henry mentioned a little bit, and he said, it's probably time to split them up a little bit. Now, if you're splitting it up, you would probably start considering why not use something like Block or Redux, you know, where it was more natural to split them up anyway, especially with Block from from my understanding. Okay, that's interesting. Actually, I use Block in, in most of my things. I'm pretty happy with it, but I'm considering to use Riverpod because there is some small issues I have. And it seems like everybody's going in that direction. So it's something I want to take a look at. But like... Okay. A question I have for you guys is like, after having this, this big conversation, right? I don't know how long it took you guys, but why do you think that this is such a complicated subject? Like, why can't things just be simple where you just say, okay, I'm going to use this or I'm going to use that. And that's kind of the way the community goes. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we kind of talked about this before, but I kind of see most of Flutter being a little bit like, not necessarily monotonous, but kind of thought out and like, okay, this is the way we're going to go. But this one is really willy-nilly you do whatever kind of fits your or floats your boat or whatever right so why do you think this is such a complicated subject i think it's a natural process first of all i think uh like i said state management itself is a complex topic and controversial topic if you want to put it that way i also see parallels uh with react when it began like i i have flashbacks to to when react started uh becoming really popular there was you know, Redux, there was, there were so many Flux inspired libraries. And then there were, there were like the more uh, observers, uh, patterns, um, libraries, which still exist to this day. Um, So, and then when, when context was kind of official, like I think before context was a private API, but then it became official. uh, And people were like, oh, ditch Redux, ditch all your state management libraries, just use context. And, and then they realized, Mm -hmm. no, that's not a good idea. and so Flutter, the ecosystem mm-hmm. is new. Um, there's bound to be opinions about this. And maybe when, when things, after some more shakeup, things will settle a little bit more. Uh, I think that's part of it. Um, Marco, what do you think? Um, well, I would say like different apps just have two, two different requirements for, for, for state. Like shapes of the state is, is going to be pretty different on our app versus something like uh, Clubhouse, I would imagine. So yeah, that, yeah, I think like, unlike maybe um, the UI component, the how we structure the UI components, which could be standardized to some extent, like there's always bound to be disagreements, more disagreements in, in the state management area because like, data is all obviously like shape. There's so many, it comes in so many shapes in different apps, so yeah. Maybe it's good to have met different tools that fits different purposes. How about like after kind of picking up Flutter yourselves and kind of working with it and talking with people, like, do you guys have any tips for people who are just beginning Flutter? Mm, I feel like I'm still a beginner with Flutter. So <laughs> I I would say um, just give it a try. Just build something with it. Uh, try the state management approaches. Um, just play around with it. I think one thing that speaking to the, I think, I, I guess a caution with Flutter um, that I gather speaking to our colleagues is that there are definitely certain aspects of cross-platform applications in general and Flutter as well uh, that don't abstract fully. So there were definitely there are definitely moments where you're gonna have to drop the native depending on your application. Uh, for us, one thing, for example, that was picked up on, and, and I guess I'll share my screen really quickly on this, is sure. that um, we had someone 
use our application. And they discovered that this problem. And I think you can see my screen right now. Can you? Yeah, I can see it, but you might want to walk kind of people who are only listening. Okay. Right. Sure. What it kind of okay. So, so the issue was that uh, one of our users was on an iOS application on, on an iOS iPhone, basically, and they discovered while typing that they did not see the iOS autocorrect tooltips that you can see in this, like uh, those GIF, um, the the autocorrect, the auto suggestions, and basically this this is just a problem with Flutter rendering these um, these inputs and and not natively. So it was kind of like you know, not a serious bug. You could still type, you know, just correct it yourself. But we're not going to say that to clients and we're, we're going to try and work and improve on the experience. But ultimately, this this issue still exists on, on Flutter um, in this 5K plus issue board, by the way. Uh, a lot of people are voting it. I, I voted it myself. Um, and there doesn't seem to be kind of like a an end in sight to this yet. So ultimately, what uh, Henry, our... our our colleague did was he he just had to do this natively. So how did he actually solve that natively? That's that's probably must be a question a lot of people actually have. Do you have an idea how he solved that? I think he just wrote a, a package, uh, a native like text field, uh, a plugin or a library, and and that was the way he solved it. So that you could basically, like, I think it's oh yeah, this is Henry himself. So he said I kind of the same situation like you guys. Resort of writing my own package to export UI text view from iOS for using Flutter. Okay, that's interesting. I might actually put that into the show notes because oh, it's actually been updated recently too, so that's good. Yeah. But this is only yeah. a problem on iOS, looks like, right? Yes. Uh, th- this is the iOS autocorrect tooltip. It it's supposed to appear like here, basically. Um, yeah. I guess this I froze. See this. Yeah. Yeah. So there's an autocorrect little bubble that happens. That's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Did did he actually submit this upon you guys, or is it just by himself? Or oh, he he did it by himself. Okay, that's pretty cool. I'm glad that you guys actually were able to submit this. Um, this could be quite interesting, quite useful for, for people. Yeah, it was one of those situations where you start feeling the limitations of cross-platform, um, uh, the limitations of how Flutter approach their their rendering, um, that it's all basically they draw it themselves. And there are definitely pros to it, uh, as as our colleague May would say, like you have consistent elements that appear the same, however you style them across platforms. But here's kind of an example of a con, I guess. Sorry, I was just checking the comments. Somebody actually asked us, what is the difference between Flutter and React Native? But I think we went over that question quite a few times. Um, yeah, it's this is pretty cool. I have to I have to take a look at this because I'm trying to dig as much as I can into Flutter these days. Um, and I'm very similar to the thinking that you guys or that your mobile team has is where it's like, sure, I can go native, but I would rather choose Flutter and drop down if I really need to. But at the same time, I don't see much need to because things just seem to kind of just work for most of the time. It's been uh, a fantastic experience. Um, is it, I do have a question over here about is there any kind of any warnings, but I guess you already kind of came up with a warning. Is there anything else that you think is a good tip or or a warning to anybody else out there who you know is getting into Flutter? Marco, do you do you have any anything? Well, to add? Just try try it out yourself. Like build build a side project, build an app, go through the whole process of like starting from scratch and like writing the app and maybe like like compiling to an APK and like running it on the phone. Just try the whole process once and maybe spend some time like uh, reading into uh, articles that like introduce some components because that's how I learned about when to use some of them in some cases because like sometimes the documentations may not be like fully complete about like what's the best use cases for uh, components and I ended up finding like many, a lot of useful information with uh, blog posts. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I don't have any more questions. We actually went through most of the, the questions I already had. Um, is there anything you guys wanted to plug or to talk about uh, before we end this session? Uh, no, not for me. I, I, yeah, this has been a really interesting talk. Uh, we're definitely big 
big fans of Flutter. I, I think having Flutter in terms of a cross-platform option is definitely a great bonus, and, and I really look forward to seeing it thrive a little bit more, especially in a desktop context. Yeah, we we do. We are happy to see like the community grow and like getting more mature with more and more support for like different use cases and different like more more libraries and like high quality libraries coming in. So yeah, to help more people develop like production ready apps on Flutter. Great. Okay, I really thank you guys for making some time. Uh, it is about 10 p.m. Hong Kong time, so you guys have really been working hard all day, I guess. Uh, I, I know, same over here. I haven't left to go home yet. So, um, again, I thank you guys for, for joining us. Uh, feel free to, if you guys want to come back, talk about something in particular. Of course, we're more than welcome, you guys. Um, so, yeah, uh, again, thank you for coming. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys are going to be listeners of our podcasts in the future. And uh, yeah, I don't have anything else to say. Thank you, Alan. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, it's been okay. really cool chat and great experience sharing and like discussing more about specific stuff about Flutter. Yeah, it's been a great experience. So, okay, then I guess with that, we are all ready to go.